Welcome to Thousand Hills. We'd like to thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you enjoy this message, and we hope that it speaks blessings in your life. But I'm excited that you're here today. And in light of Thanksgiving, I began to think about some of the things of the past. And I don't know if you're a historian. I'm not. I hated school. Don't like it at all. Um, but kids stay in school. I always have to preface that. Because <laughs> it's like I dog it, and then I'm like, all oh, the kids, I hate school too, Dad. Hear the preacher? He hated it, so I don't have to go. But anyway, so uh, I'm not a historian, but I, you know, I got to thinking about Thanksgiving and all that, and I thought about the first Thanksgiving, and who was there? It was the, what, the pilgrims, remember those pilgrim people? And they celebrated the first Thanksgiving, not because they had, you know, found new land and all that, but because they had a successful harvest, right? And they had that first harvest, and they celebrated, and they ate turkey, um, and all that fun stuff. But then I began to think about the the people of the Old West as well. And I began to think about the other P word, which is the pioneer. Anybody uh, wish that they were in, lived in the pioneer days? Come on now. You, you think that, but you, they didn't have like air conditioning and heat and they had wagons and horses and all that stuff. But I, I began to think about the pioneer and, and how I have so much admiration, almost envy of them sometimes because of the simplicity of their life. Even though it was hard, I value the simplicity, and, and there's so much, uh, you know, I think about the famous uh, pioneers of our day, uh, people like Daniel Boone. Anybody heard of Daniel Boone? Yeah, Daniel Boone, uh, he explored Kentucky, man, he, and he settled a lot of that country. He was a great, uh, great pioneer. Then I think about uh, guys like Davy Crockett. Remember Davy? Some of you guys knew him, you're so old. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> that was a joke. <laughs> Some of you guys were like, I am a pioneer, what are you talking about? Um, but Davy Crockett, the king of the, that's what I'm talking about. And he wore that coonskin hat. I mean, that was, I wanted one of those for Christmas and I never got one, but, um, the coonskin hat, I mean, he was known for his bear hunting skills and, you know, we all value that. He was, uh, killed, uh, you know, what, at what battle? The Alamo. That's right. Yeah. The Alamo. And then there's another guy who I, I, I think is a great pioneer. He was a Texas pioneer and his name was James Bowie. And what was his uh, famous invention? The knife, the Bowie knife, right? Well, he was killed at the Battle of the Alamo as well, but he created the Bowie knife, which every one of us have, you know, or at least we want. It's kind of like, you know, remember um, Rambo, the survival knife? Remember that? We all want that knife and the Bowie knife. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing that I know about pioneers. You know, men, women, families that were a pioneer. Here's, Here's what I know about them. They left certain things to find something better. Are you with me? I mean, they left certain civilization, they left certain things, you know, behind so that they could find something better. They traveled wherever the river would take them, right? I mean, the river was the source of water and food and all that stuff. And so they would travel where the river would take them. They set out on an adventure of the lifetime. Even though it was going to be hard, that's what they desired to do. They explored, they settled new territory all for one reason. And it was this, to have a better life, right? That's why they were a pioneer. Well, here's the thing. Today, I want to start a series called Pioneer, okay? Pioneer, blazing new trails to a better life in Christ. Now, here's what I believe. I believe that just like the pioneers of the Old West, we're called as Christians to be pioneers. And you say, well, how does that work? Well, I believe that we we are to be people that aren't afraid of going new places, 
aren't afraid of uh, exploring new territory with Christ. That we are to be men and women in pursuit of a better life in Christ. Now, here's the thing. I, I don't know if you know this about our church, but we live by a code. And uh, it's our Thousand Hills code. And you can grab one of these on our guest bar. And, and it, it, it's, it's, a, it's a code that we live by. And what it is, is it's our values that we ride by for fulfilling our purpose. Now, one of those values is this, and it's number 10, and it it says this, we ride new trails. We ride new trails. And you say, well, why do you value that? Well, here's the thing. We believe that, that, that we are called to do things that no one else is doing to reach people that no one else is reaching. Are you with me? Let me say that again. We're here to ride new trails so that we can reach people that no one else is reaching by doing things that no one else is doing. And so you say, well, how do, how do you do that? Well, I'll give you a few examples. In our cowboy church, we have a chuck wagon. And we have a set of perch and draft horses, Babe and Bullet. And you say, well, why did you buy those? Because here's why. Because everywhere I go with those horses, everywhere I go with that chuck wagon, you know what people want to do? They want to take a picture. They want, to, they want to know the story. How'd you get the chuck wagon? How'd you, you know, come up with these horses? These horses are beautiful. I mean, I, and so we bought horses for a church so that we could do something new to reach people that no one else is reaching. And it works. I'm telling you. It works. I mean, we have, uh, we have arena events where we have ranch rodeos, cow dog trials, cold starting competitions, bull ridings. We have all these things that you don't normally see in church or a part of the church, and we do all of it because we believe that we're called to ride new trails so that we can reach people that no one else is reaching by doing things that no one else is doing. Um, I'll give you another example, and it's what we're building. The barn that you see over there, people that sometimes they drive by and they don't even know what it is unless they read the sign. They're like, why are they building? What's that barn? And here's the thing. We're building a barn that doesn't look like a church. There's no steeples. There's no stained glass. There's no pews. I mean, the only pew we're going to have is the poo aroma. We're going we're gonna to collect the cow crap and we're going to put it in. It's going to be poopery. And we're going to, we're just going to put it in bowls. <laughs> just so that we can have the smell. But but here's the thing. We're going to build a barn that looks like a honky-tonk. Instead of the stained glass and all that stuff, we're going to have neon. You know what I'm saying? And you say, well, why? Why do you feel like you're supposed to do that? Here's why. Because we believe that we should ride new trails. There are some people that don't feel in place, or they feel out of place in a stained glass and steeple church. And I'm not against that. Those people that go to the stained glass and steeple church, they're there and God is using them. And we support them. I mean, you think that, well, Bo, you're doing, you're just kind of a rogue leader. No, I know all the pastors in town and I'm friends with them. And if they needed our, uh, our help, we would help them. Because it's not about our church, it's about the church. Amen. Amen? <clears throat> and so we're going to build a barn that looks like a honky-tonk. So that we can reach people that no one else is reaching by doing things that no one else is doing. And so it's a passion of mine. And so I believe that I, as a pastor, I'm called to be a pioneer. I don't know if you're going to like that, but we're going to change things. We're going to do things differently. We're going to be outside the box because, again, we're, we're called to reach people that no one else is reaching. So this whole series of being a pioneer and blazing new trails, I love it. I love it. 
because we're going to be able to do some exciting things that, again, are new. And so in this series, we're going to look at these things. What does it look like for us as a church and us as individuals to blaze new trails for a better life in Christ? What does that look like? Um, another thing is, what does it look like to be a pioneer for Christ? And then the last thing, how, how does our life with Christ, I mean, or, or we want to look at how life with Christ always leads to better trails. It always does. If you will follow Christ, if you will go where no one else has gone before, and you will be a pioneer with Christ, it's always going to lead to a better life. Now, get, don't get me wrong, it's not, it may be harder like the pioneers of the old days, it may be, you know, you may lose a little. You may, you know, it may be some trials in your life, but at the end of the day, it's going to end up in a better life. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing that I'm excited about. It's going to lead to the next generation having a better life. I mean, the pioneers of the old days, guess what? They settled new territories. They built ranches in these new territories, and a lot of them didn't even get to live there very long. You know who lived there? They're kids. And so I want to be a pioneer. You know one of our other values is? We ride for the next generation. And so we're building a honky-tonk church so that the next generation can enjoy it. Are you with me? And so listen, I'm going to be a pioneer. I hope that you'll join me and our church is going to be a pioneer in doing some new things for the glory of God and to reach more people. And so that's what we're going to look at. And so today I want to focus in on one important characteristic of a pioneer of the Old West. And and I want us to look at how it relates to us as pioneers for Christ. And this is it. Number one. Ready? Here's the thing. I got the man voice too. But I'm a man. You want to say something, babe? So here's number one. Pioneers leave things behind to gain something better. Let me say it again. Pioneers leave, leave things behind to gain something better. I'll, I'll give you a, a few instances. And, and here's the thing that, you know, I, I noticed about the pioneers of the old West. They left some things, one of two things. You ready? The first one is this. They left behind the bad to find something better. Are you with me? I mean, if you think about the pioneers, a lot of them left bad jobs. Jobs that didn't pay very well. They left land that was too sparse. I mean, they were living in the east, you know, and nobody wants to live in the east. I'm just kidding. See, I always say stupid stuff like that, but I really don't mean it. It's a joke. Can you laugh and clap? I mean, everybody's listening online. But we live in the west. So these people, you know, they lived in the east. They didn't have a whole lot of land, and all the land that was there cost a whole lot. I mean, they were overpopulated. The farming was difficult. I mean, there wasn't enough grass or water or anything like that. And, and maybe some of the towns and a lot of the towns were hostile, right? I mean, there were so many people there that they would get drunk, and they would, sh- you know, have shootouts and crime and crooked leaders, and people were dying and all this stuff. And so they left all the bad stuff. And you say, well, why did they do that? Because they wanted to find something better. They wanted to find better jobs. They wanted to find better pay. They wanted to find better grass, better water. And they wanted to find a better place to raise their family. Now, here's the thing. You say, well, what's the point? Well, here's the spiritual application here. Number one is this. We must leave behind something bad to find something better. In many cases, if we're going to have a better life than Christ, we have to leave all the bad stuff behind and to be able to find something better. 
It's just the truth. Um, Paul, one of the great leaders and authors in the Bible, understood this. And his life, I don't know if you know of Paul very well, but before he got saved, before he gave his life to Christ, guess what he was? He was a persecutor of Christians. He killed Christians. I mean, there was a, a, a Christian named Stephen, and he was a man of God, and they decided that they were going to stone Stephen. You can read about it in the Bible. They were, they were going to stone Stephen because of his faith in Jesus and his faith in God. And guess who, guess who was holding the clothes of Stephen while he was being stoned? Paul. So, needless to say, Paul was a murderer. Paul was a, a prideful Pharisee. He was a persecutor. And so he had some very bad things going on in his life. And he had to choose to leave all the bad behind to find a better life in Christ. Look at Philippians chapter 3. Paul's speaking and listen to what he says. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do. And what is the phrase? Let's say it together. One thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward What is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Here's the the thing. Paul knew that, man, I, you know, I did all this crap, man. I, I had all this past. I did all this bad stuff. But I, I, I've learned that I've got to forget all that. I've got to put it behind me so that I can win the prize and so that I can move forward. Um, And so God is telling us that we have to throw those things off. Look at Hebrews chapter 12. It says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us what? Throw off everything that hinders us and the what? The sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. And so you're saying, okay, but so I'm supposed to throw off the bad stuff to get something better. Exactly. That's exactly right. I'll give you a few examples. Sin. Here's the, here's the thing. If you want a better life in Christ, then you have to throw off the sin in your life. You've got to throw it off. Um, there are people that are here today that maybe have a certain addiction in their life that they need to throw off. And you say, well, where do I throw it? Well, you throw it to God, right? He's the one who can handle it. Maybe it's a, a bad habit. Maybe it's your tongue. You, you can't control your tongue. Maybe that's what's bad about your life. Maybe it's a sorry attitude. Maybe it's an attitude that, that is ungrateful and is selfish. And you need to throw that off. And you need to say, okay, God, I, I, I know this is bad. And I want to get rid of it. I want to put it behind me. Listen, God says, throw it off. Give it to me. And I will wipe it away and put you on a new path to a better life with me. So maybe it's, you know, a sin in your life. Maybe it's a bad relationship. I know some of you guys are dating people. Some of you adults are. Some of you teenagers are. Some of you young adults are. You're in a dating relationship. And, and here's the sad thing. I've seen it so many times. People settle for a bad relationship because they don't realize that God has something better. Are you with me? Anybody dating anybody today? Yeah. I'm just telling you that, you know, there are people that are selling for a bad relationship. They're living in a relationship maybe that is unequally yoked. And you say, what does that look like? Well, this person loves Jesus and this person doesn't. And people are in this bad relationship that's not glorifying to God. Maybe you're in a bad relationship and you're living in sexual immorality. 
Maybe you're in a a bad relationship that's just toxic and the person that you're dating is just a hateful jerk and, and doesn't treat you like you should be treated. And it's just toxic. And it's a bad relationship. Here's what God says to you. Throw it off. If you're in a dating relationship and it's not God's will, get out. It's not worth it. I'm just telling you. See, God says, I want to give you something better, but you have to leave behind the bad crap in your life so that I can give you a better life in me. And so maybe you're in a bad relationship. Maybe you have a bad job. You're doing a job that you hate. And God has said, man, I want you to go work here, but you're too scared to make a move and have faith and do what God wants you to do because you've decided that you know better. So you live day to day in the wrong job. It's a bad job. You know what God says? God says, hey, I have something better for you. Just just trust me and let's blaze some new trails together. I don't know who needs to hear that, but somebody needs to hear that. You need to get off your butt and stop doing the job that that, that you think is right and start doing the job that God wants you to do. Here's another example. Maybe you have a bad past. Some of you grew up in a dysfunctional family, and your past is kind of reflects that and you you have you know maybe some some lies that were took place in your life back in the day maybe it was your parents and they were dysfunctional maybe your life was full of abuse and 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 you've been abandoned emotionally maybe by your parents or you know your loved ones or maybe you were abandoned physically and your parents left listen if you want a better life you have to get rid of the bad in your life you have to put that stuff aside, but you, you hold on to it. Here's the thing that I've learned about hatred and bitterness, which is a byproduct of some of the dysfunction. Here's what I've learned about it, and I, 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 heard, I heard this the other day, and it makes total sense. Bitterness is like drinking poison ourselves and waiting for the other person to die. That's just what it is. It's like, it's like you, you're going, hey, uh, you know, I'm just going to drink this bitterness. I'm going to be hateful. I'm going to hate everybody. I'm going to be angry for all the crap that's gone on in my life. And then I hope it hurts that person. Guess what it does? It kills you. It kills you. And so God is saying, hey, I want you to leave that behind. I want you to hand it over. I want you to throw it my way. I'm the only one who can take care of it. Leave it behind. Give me the bitterness. Give me the anger. Give me the hatred. I will help you. I want to break this cycle of dysfunction. But you have to give it to me and you have to leave it behind. That's what he's saying. I mean, Isaiah heard these words. Listen to what God said to Isaiah in Isaiah 43. It says, but what? Forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something what? New. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. Remember the pioneers? They went through the wilderness. Through the wilderness, I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. You see what God is saying to Isaiah and he says to us? Forget the past. You leave it behind and experience what only God can do. And so here's the thing. Just like the pioneers of the West, they, they, you know, they had to leave some bad stuff behind to find something better. We are called to leave the bad stuff behind so that we can find something better as well. Now, here's the second thing, and I'm done. The second thing that many pioneers had to leave behind was this. Pioneers of the West left something good to find something 
greater. Let me give you an example. Some of the pioneers, they left good homes back in the Old West. I mean, they had good homes. They left good families. They left good jobs. They left good pay. They left good ranches. Why? Because they wanted to find something greater, right? I mean, they weren't just going to stand there and just enjoy the good. They wanted something greater. I'll give you a few examples. Instead of, you know, these, these guys in the Old West, instead of farming, you know, for someone else, they could go and, and explore new territory, find new territory, buy new territory, and work for themselves, They may have had a good job, but they could find something greater and start a new business. Instead of low wages working for someone else, they could find, they could set their own wages and make a better living. Instead of buying, like I said before, land that was expensive, they could go buy land that was cheaper and get more of it. Sometimes it was free. The government was going to give it to them. And so these pioneers, some of them left stuff that was good to find something greater. Now, here's the point. The same could be said for us. As as Christians, as followers of Jesus, if we're going to have a life that God has for us, in many cases, we must leave something good to find something greater. I'll give you an example. Some of you guys are in good relationships, right? You're in a dating relationship. It's good. It's good. But at the end of the day, you know that it's not God's will. It's not God's will for you to marry that person. It's not God's will. And so... Sometimes you have to give up something good to find something greater. And so maybe that's what God's doing in your life. Um, you know, my, my relationships, I don't talk about my past relationships because I want to honor my wife. But I had some good relationships before I met my wife. But here's what I learned. They weren't God's best for my life. She's God's best for my life. And so I had to give up the good relationships to find something greater. And so my, my challenge to you is don't settle for good. Find great and it's only found in the God's will. You say, well, I can find it you know, great on my own. I can do it without God. You're fooling yourself. <laughs> it's, just not, it's just not true. You will never know true happiness until you know that you're in the middle of God's will. I'm just telling you, I've been in some good relationships. But if they weren't God's will, I knew that I wasn't going to be happy. I knew it. And so God had to give me something greater. Maybe you have a good marriage. But God is saying, hey... You know, you've got a good marriage, but here's a few things that I want you to leave behind. I want you to leave behind some good actions and some good behaviors. I want you to take a step up, and I want you to make them even greater. I'll give you an example. I mean, my wife and I, um, I I don't know if you realize this, but we have irreconcilable differences. (laughs) So some people use that as an excuse to get divorced. I'm just telling you, everybody has irreconcilable differences. But here's what I've learned. I, I can be good at communicating, but God has called me to be great at it. And if I will just turn it over to him, I can be a great communicator. If I trust him, if I ask for his power, if I trust in him and, and, and willing to take some new trails and do some new things and not just expect her to know that I love her, but actually open my mouth and say, I love you. He can go, we can go from good to great. Does that make sense? Some of you guys are, and I'm going to talk to the men real quick. Some of you guys are, uh, you know, I, I, I told her I loved her when I married her. I'm never going to tell her again. She should just know it. You know what I'm saying? Well, you know, I don't like those sappy movies. I'm just never going to watch that. You know, that Dancing with the Stars, she wants me to watch that, and I ain't going to sit down and watch that. Anybody? Women? Anybody? Women? Yeah, your, your husband won't do that? Here's what I've learned. 
I want a great marriage. So I'm going to sit down and watch whatever she wants. Am I? (laughs) You say, Bo, you're so good. You're just great. No, I still struggle with it. But but at the end of the day, here's what I've learned. If I want to have a great marriage, I'm going to do whatever she, I'm going to do whatever shows her that I care about her. Some of you guys are in good marriages, but God wants to take you to the next level and you got to suck it up and you got to stop being selfish. That's what it boils down to for me. It's selfish. She says she needs something. We're going to do it. We're going to make it happen because I want a great marriage. If we need to go to counseling to get better at communicating, we're going to go to counseling because it's a good thing. I'm just telling you, you need to pay the price, do whatever it takes to go from good to great. Maybe you have a good job, but God says, I want to make it great. So make this move so that I can show you what I can do. Do this this way. Stop cheating people. Stop, stop doing what, you know, again, lacks character. And stop doing or start doing what I've asked you to do so that I can make your business great. Because you're actually glorifying me through it. And so I'm telling you, the things that, that we have to remember is this. God has the power to take what we think is good and make it great. We've just got to leave some of the good things behind, and it's okay. Ephesians 3.20 says this, Now all glory to God, who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish what? I know it's a big word, just go with me. To accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Here's what he's saying. God says, hey, Bo, I'm going to take something that's good and I'm going to make it even greater. I'm going to do infinitely more than you could ever even dream up. I'll give you an example of this, personal example. We, my wife and I, we had uh, two kids and we were pastoring in a little church in Sharon, just south of here. It's a good, good church, good people, great people, um, good ministry. People were getting saved. We had some people coming to church. I mean, all that stuff, it was good. But then God ignited in a heart in my heart that he said, you know, Bo, I, I know that you love cowboying. I know that you love, uh, you know, being a pastor. I know that you're called. I've called you to be a pastor. I want you to pair those two things together. And I want you to start the cowboy church. And, and here, here's the thing. We, le- we lived in a parsonage. Some of you guys don't even know what that is. That is a, uh, a house that the church owns, okay? And so we lived in this parsonage in Sharon, Oklahoma. That parsonage was awesome. I mean, it had like three bedrooms. It had a huge utility room that I never saw. <laughs> but it, it had one. I mean, it had a huge two-car garage. I mean, it had all this nice stuff. It was, a, it was an awesome house. It was a good house. We had a good ministry. But then God said, Bo, I want you to start a church, and I want to do some greater things. And so, listen, we had to walk away from it. I didn't even know where we were going to live. We didn't even have a home. We didn't have a paycheck. We didn't have anything. She was pregnant with our third child, Hampton. I mean, do you think her parents loved me at that point? No. Her baby was going to have to move and she was pregnant. But here's the thing. Here's, Here's what God's shown me. I can take your good and if you'll do what I've asked you to do and you'll ride some new trails and you'll blaze some new trails with me, I'm going to do something great. In my opinion, he's, he's allowed me to be a part of something that is great. And it's this church, yeah. 
So God is, God is saying to some of you guys, hey, you got some good relationship. You got some good job. You got some good stuff. I mean, you got good money, but I'm, you know, you got all this good stuff, but I want you to leave that behind. And I want to show you how I can turn it into something great. And so here's the thing. If we're going to be pioneers for Christ, if we're going to blaze new trails to have a better life in Christ, then we have to leave some bad things behind for something better. And we leave that. We have to leave some good things for something greater. That's what God can do in our lives. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes for just a second. Some of you are here for the first time today. I want to, I just want to say welcome. Welcome to a great church, not a perfect church. Because we're not perfect people but a church that desires to do some new things to reach people that no one else is reaching. And we want to be a great church. We want to be a great church for the glory of God. And so maybe you're new and maybe you're just here for the first time. We want you to feel welcome, first of all. We want you to realize that God has a plan for your life, whether it's here at our church or whether it's at another church. Glory to God wherever you go. But here's the thing. God wants us all as Christians to be pioneers for him. To daily, maybe, give, you know, maybe it's, it is a daily thing to give up the bad things in our lives, the things that are holding us back, the things that are hindering us, the sin in our lives, the, the addictions, maybe the habits, whatever they are. He says, I want you to give that up, throw that off, give it to me. Because I, I want you to have a better life. And so some of you are here today, maybe that's you. Maybe you need to throw off some bad things. Maybe you need to confess some bad things to, that you've done so that God can heal those, so that God can forgive, so that you can have a better life in Christ. Nobody's looking around, but I want to ask, and I'm the only one who's going to look, but nobody, nobody's looking around. But if you are here today and you realize, man, God has, has revealed some bad things in my life, some sin in my life that I know I need to leave behind. And I want to commit today to leave those behind. Would you just raise your hand today? Yeah, all across the barn. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being honest. I respect your honesty. Thank you. You can put them down. Thank you. Listen, I, I hope that, that you, by you raising your hand, that you do make that commitment to, to get rid of the bad things in your life, the sin in your life, the things that you know are against God's will, and that you will turn them over to Him so that you can have a better life in Christ. It may not be easier, but I guarantee you it will be better. Some of you are on the other side of this, and you've got some good things going on in your life, and you know, you've know you got a good marriage, good job, good, good this, good that, but God is saying, hey, I want you to maybe leave some of that good stuff behind because I want to do greater things in your life. How many of you guys would raise your hand and say, you know what, Bo, God's revealed that to me. i got some good things, but he wants to, me to give those up so that I can be greater. Anybody? Raise your hand. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. All across the barn, all across the barn. Listen, can I just tell you, a life that, that, is, that is lived inside of God's will and a life that is obedient to, to follow God no matter where he takes you is a better life. 
It's better. And so maybe you, you people that just raised your hands that you say, yeah, I got some good things. Maybe you just need to make this your prayer. Lord, take what is good in my life and make it great. Lord, change me. Whatever that, that change looks like. I know I've got some good things. I know I've got some good traits. I know I'm treating my wife good, my husband good. But I want you to make me great. I want you to make my life great for your glory. And so take whatever's good in me and, and do with whatever you want. Because I trust you. And I trust that you can do infinitely more than what I could even imagine. Maybe that needs to be your prayer. Maybe you just prayed that. I hope that you did. I hope that you make that commitment today to give him all of that, good and bad. Maybe you're here today and you've never trusted in Jesus. You don't have any hope because you don't know hope himself. And so maybe you're here today and you need to trust in Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. The Bible says this, that if you will confess with your mouth, That Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You can be saved. You will be saved. And so some of you are here today and you need to start a new life in Christ. And that's the first step is surrendering your life. Surrendering your all. Surrendering everything that you have and giving it to him because you trust him with your life. And so maybe you're here today and you just need to pray a simple prayer. Again, it's not about the words, but maybe you just pray this right in your heart, in your chair right there. Maybe you just pray something like this. Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Jesus, I know that, that I've chosen my way and I've neglected your way. But today I confess my sin to you and I ask you to forgive me and save me. Listen, maybe you just prayed that prayer for the first time. I'm telling you, that is the best decision that you've ever made in your life. The best decision. And because you've confessed him as your Lord and and you believed in your heart that he was raised from the dead, because of that, now you have a new life in Christ. He's taken away the past and he wants to give you a bright future. And you say, okay, Bo, I've, I've made that decision. I'm going to follow him with all my heart. What do I do now? Listen, that's where the church comes in. And that's where our church wants to be able to help you. And, and we want to come alongside of you. We want to be a pioneer with you. We want to ride some new trails with you so that you can have a better life in Christ. And so in a minute, we're going to explain what the next step is in your life that you need to take so that you can know Christ even more intimately now that you've began that new relationship with him. We celebrate that. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close this in a word of prayer. Then Wes and Jill are going to come. They're going to make some closing announcements, and then we're going to be dismissed. But I want to thank you for being here on this awesome day. Lord, we just thank you for the opportunity to share hope today, the hope of a better life. The hope of being able to be forgiven for the bad things that we've done. The sin that we've committed. We thank you that you are are willing and able to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
And Lord, I thank you for those that have confessed their, their, their sin to you today and given you their life for the very first time. We celebrate that, Lord. We thank you. It is for your glory that that happens. And Lord, for those of us that may already know you and that, that are living a good life, that are doing some good things, I do pray that you would take us to new heights with you, that you would turn our good into great so that people will come to know you. Lord, we thank you. It's in your name I pray. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening today. If you've made a commitment today or if you have any needs, feel free to contact us at info at thousandhillsranch.church or you can text or call 580-216-6427. And may God bless the ride you're on.